0: to this reading of The Poem of the Man-God. Thank you for joining me. The Poem of the Man-God is a private revelation of the life of Jesus of Nazareth, as recorded by the visionary Maria Valtorta. Now out of print, this five-volume set of books is a narration of the life of Jesus, beginning with the birth and childhood of the Virgin Mary, through the public ministry of Jesus, His Passion and Resurrection, and closing with the Assumption into Heaven. The narration is interspersed with direct dictations from Jesus, messages for the whole world. These highly inspired visions were recorded by Maria Valtorta around the time of the Second World War, yet she did not consider herself the author. They were first published, without her name, shortly before her death, and only posthumously was her name added. My sole aim with this podcast is to share the poem of the man-god with the world, I hope you'll enjoy them as much as I have. And if you do, please share them. Thank you for listening. Poem of the Man God, Book 2, Number 150 Jesus at Nazareth. Son, I will come with you. Jesus is alone. He is walking fast along the main road near Nazareth. He enters the village and directs his steps towards his house. When he is near it, he sees his mother. She is also going towards the house, and her nephew Simon is with her, carrying a bundle of firewood. Jesus calls her, "'Mother!' Mary turns round, exclaiming, "'Oh, my blessed son!' And they both run to meet each other, while Simon drops the bundle to the ground and, like Mary, runs towards Jesus and greets him wholeheartedly. "'Mother, I have come. Are you happy now?' "'So happy, son!' "'if you came only because I begged you, "'I tell you that it is not right for me or for you "'to listen to the call of blood rather than to your mission. "'No, mother, I have come for other reasons as well. "'Is it really true, son? "'I thought I wanted to believe that they were false rumors "'and that you were not hated so much. "'There are tears in Mary's voice and in her eyes. "'Do not weep, mother. "'It grieves me so much. "'I need your smiles.' "'Yes, son, that is true. "'You see so many harsh faces of enemies "'that you need so much smiling love. "'But here, see, here is she who loves you "'on behalf of everybody.' "'Mary is leaning lightly on her son, "'who embraces her shoulders, "'and while walking slowly towards the house, "'she endeavors to smile, "'to expel all grief from Jesus' heart. "'Simon has picked up his bundle "'and is walking beside Jesus.' "'You are pale, mother. Have they grieved you so much? Have you not been well? Have you tired yourself excessively?' "'No, son. No one has grieved me. My only sorrow is that you are far from me, and they do not love you. Here everybody is good to me. I will not even mention Mary and Altheus. You know what they are like. Also Simon. See how good he is? He is always like that. He has helped me all these past months. He is now supplying me with wood. He is so good.' also Joseph is. They are so thoughtful of their Mary. May God bless you, Simon, and may he bless also Joseph. I forgive you for not loving me as yet as the Messiah. Oh, you will eventually love me as Christ, but how could I forgive you for not loving her? It is fair and peaceful to love Mary, Jesus. You are loved too, only, see, we are too much afraid for you. Yes, you love me with a human love, You will come to the other love. You too, son, are pale and looking thin. Yes, you look older. I can see that too, remarks Simon. They go into the house and Simon, after laying the firewood in its place, withdraws discreetly. Son, now that we are alone, tell me the truth, the whole truth. Why did they drive you away? Mary speaks, holding her hands on Jesus' shoulders and staring at his thin face. Jesus smiles kindly, but sadly, because I tried to bring man back to honesty, justice, and to the true religion. But who accuses you, the people? No, mother, the Pharisees and scribes, with the exception of a few just ones amongst them. But what have you done to incur their accusations? I told them the truth. Do you know that it is the biggest mistake with men? What could they say to justify their accusations? They told lies, the ones you know, and many more. Tell your mother, place your sorrow, all your sorrow on my bosom. A mother's bosom is accustomed to sorrow and is happy to consume it, to remove it from the heart of her son. Give me your sorrow, Jesus. Come here, as you were wont to do when you were a child, and leave all your bitterness Jesus sits on a little stool at his mother's feet and tells her all about the months spent in Judea without any grudge and without concealing anything. Mary caresses his hair with a heroic smile on her lips to fight back the tears shining in her blue eyes. Jesus mentions also the necessity of approaching women to redeem them and his grief at not being able to do so owing to the wickedness of men. Mary nods assent and then she decides. "'Son,' you must not deny me what i want from now on i will come with you when you go away i will come at any time in any season to any place i will defend you from false accusations my simple presence will cause the mud to fall off and mary will come with me she is so anxious to that is what is needed near the holy one against the demon and against the world a mother's heart and the vision ends Palm of the man god book 2 number 151 in susanna's house in cana the royal officer jesus is possibly going towards the lake he certainly arrives at cana and directs his steps towards susanna's house his cousins are with him while they are in the house and they rest and take some food jesus to whom his relatives and friends are listening as they should always do teaches those good people in a very simple way He also comforts the husband of Susanna, who appears to be ill. She is, in fact, absent, and while I hear them talk continuously of how much she suffers, a well-dressed man enters and prostrates himself at Jesus' feet. Who are you? What do you want? While the man is still sighing and weeping, the landlord pulls Jesus by the hem of his tunic and whispers, He is an officer of the Tetrarch. Don't trust him too much. Speak up. What do you want from me? Master, I heard that you are back. I have been waiting for you as one waits for God. Come to Capernaum at once. My son is so ill that his hours are numbered. I saw John, your disciple. He told me that you were coming here. Come, please come at once before it's too late. What, can you, a servant of the persecutor of the Holy One in Israel, believe in me? You do not believe in the precursor of the Messiah, so how can you believe in the Messiah? That is true. We are guilty of incredulity and of cruelty, but have mercy on a father. I know Chusa. I have seen Joanna. I have seen her before and after the miracle, and I believed in you. Quite. You are such an incredulous and wicked generation that you will not believe without signs and miracles. You lack the essential quality that is necessary to obtain a miracle. It is true. It is all very true. But you can see. I believe in you now, and I beg you, come to Capernaum at once. I will have a boat ready for you at Tiberius so that you may come quicker. But please come before my child dies. And he weeps desolately. I am not coming just now, but go to Capernaum. Your son is cured, as from this moment, and he will live. May God bless you, my lord. I believe you. But as I want all my household to welcome you when you come to Capernaum, come to my house. I will come. Goodbye. Peace be with you. The man rushes out, and soon after the trot of a horse can be heard. But is the boy really cured? asked Susanna's husband. Is it possible for you to think that I tell lies? No, my lord, but you are here and the boy is there. There is no barrier, no distance for my spirit. Well then, my lord, you changed water into wine at my wedding. Please change my tears into happy smiles. Cure my Susanna. What will you give me in exchange for that? Any amount of money you want. I will not stain what is holy with mammon's blood. I am asking your spirit what it will give me. Myself, if you wish so. And if I asked, without any words, a great sacrifice? My Lord, I ask you to grant physical health to my wife and the sanctification of us all. I don't think I can say anything that is too much to have that. You are suffering agonies because of your wife, but if I restored her to health and I got her to become my disciple forever, what would you say? That you are entitled to do it and that I will imitate Abraham and his readiness to the sacrifice. You are right. Listen, everybody. The time of my sacrifice is approaching. Like a course of water, it is running fast and incessantly to the sea. I must accomplish what I have to do and human hardness precludes so much of the field of my mission. My mother and Mary of Alpheus, will come with me when I go amongst people that do not believe me yet or will never love me. My wisdom knows that women will be able to help the Master in those precluded fields. I have come to redeem also women in the future century. In my time, women will be seen serving the Lord and the servants of the Lord as priestesses. I have chosen my disciples, but to elect women who are not free, I must ask fathers and husbands to do it. Do you agree? Lord, I love Susanna, and so far I have loved her more as a body than as a soul. But after your teaching, something is already changed in me, and I look at my wife as a soul besides a body. A soul belongs to God, and you are the Messiah, the Son of God. I cannot deny your right on what belongs to God. If Susanna wants to follow you, I will not oppose her. I only beg you to work the miracle that will cure her body and my feelings. Susanna is cured. In a few hours' time, she will come here to tell you how happy she is. Let her soul follow its impulse without any mention of what I have just said. You will see that her soul will come to me spontaneously as a flame tends upwards. But because of that... Her love of a wife will not be stifled. On the contrary, it will rise to the highest degree, which is to love each other with the better part, with your souls. Susanna belongs to you, Lord. She was to die a very painful, slow death, and once she was dead, I would have lost her forever in this world. But as you say, I will still have her beside me to lead me on your way. God gave me her. And God is taking her away from me. Blessed be the Most High in giving and in taking. And the vision ends. Poem of the Man, God, Book 2, number 152. In Zebedee's house, Salome is accepted as a disciple. Jesus is in a house which, from what the people living in it say, I understand to be the house of John and James. With Jesus, beside the two apostles, there are Peter and Andrew, Simon Zealot, the Iscariot, and Matthew. I do not see the others. James and John are most happy. They come and go from their mother to Jesus and vice versa, like butterflies which do not know which of two equally loved flowers they should prefer. Mary Salome, who is also most happy, caresses each time her big boys while Jesus smiles. They must already have had their meal because the table is still laid, But the two disciples, at all costs, want Jesus to eat some bunches of white grapes, which their mother has preserved and which must be as sweet as honey. What would they not give to Jesus? But Salome wants to give and receive something better than grapes and caresses. And after being lost in thought for a little while, looking at Jesus, then at Zebedee, she makes up her mind. She goes near Jesus, who is sitting with his back to the table, and kneels down before him. "'What do you want, woman?' "'Master, you have decided that your mother and the mother of James and Judas should come with you, and also Susanna is coming, and the great Joanna of Chusa will certainly come as well. If only one woman comes, all the others who venerate you will come. I would like to be one of them. Take me, Jesus. I will serve you with all my love.' "'You have Zebedee to look after. Do you not love him any more?' "'Oh, of course I love him.' But I love you more. Oh, I do not mean that I love you as a man. I am sixty years old. I have been married for almost forty, and I have never seen any other man but my husband. I am not going to be crazy now that I am old. Neither is my love for Zebedee going to end because of my old age. But you—I am not good at speaking. I am a poor woman. I will tell you as best I can. Thus, I love Zebedee with my constant inborn femininity. "'I love you with the spirit. "'You have aroused in me with your words "'and what James and John have told me. "'It is something completely different, but so beautiful.' "'It will never be so beautiful "'as the love of a very good husband.' "'Oh, no, it is much more beautiful. "'Oh, don't take it amiss, Zebedee. "'I still love you with all my heart, "'but I love him with something which is still Mary, "'but is no longer Mary, your poor wife.' It is something more. Oh, I do not know how to tell you. Jesus smiles at the woman who does not wish to offend her husband but cannot conceal her new great love. Also Zebedee smiles gravely and goes near his wife who, still on her knees, turns round to look at her husband and at Jesus alternately. Do you realize, Mary, that you will have to leave your home and you are so proud of it, your doves, your flowers? "'this vine that bears such sweet grapes of which you are so proud, "'your beehives, which are the most famous ones in the village, "'and you will no longer have your loom on which you have woven "'so much linen and so much woolen cloth for your dear ones. "'And what about your little nephews? "'What will you do without your little nephews?' "'Oh, my lord, what do all these things matter? "'Walls, doves, flowers, vines, beehives, looms?' "'They are all good and dear things, but so insignificant as compared to you and to loving you. My little nephews, well, yes, I will feel sorry that I cannot put them to sleep on my lap or hear them call me. But you are worth more. Oh, you are worth more than all the things you mentioned. And if those things were taken altogether and because of my weakness they were as dear or dearer than serving and following you—' I would cast them aside with the tears of a woman to follow you with the smile of my soul. Take me, master. John, James, will you tell him? And you too, my husband. Be good. Help me. All right. You will come with the others. I wanted you to meditate carefully on the past and the present, on what you leave and what you get. But come, Salome. You are mature to enter my family. Oh, mature! I am less than a child, but you will forgive my errors and hold me by the hand. You, because, coarse as I am, I will be much ashamed before your mother and before Johanna. I will be ashamed before everybody except you, because you are the good one, and you understand, pity, and forgive everything. And the reading (laughs) ends.